Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here, like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this, AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy. I see over and over again, women say, you know, it's their fear of visibility, which is, which is amazing to me, by the way, that I only hear women say that. I almost never hear men saying that, you know, fears of visibility, of bringing their work out into the world. For some people, it's, you know, procrastination. I think bottom line, bottom line, it's allowing your fears to take over and thinking that you need to be fearless to get anything done. Because that's not true. You could have lots of fears of something. I mean, I was certainly nervous about my conversation with you today. And I wasn't going to let that get in the way. My job is to just show up and just do my best <laughs> and be in the conversation, be present. I'm not going to let my fears stop me. But I think people just get into this comfortable, this comfort zone where it's just easier to not really take action. I'm Srini Rao, and this is the Unmistakable Creative Podcast, where you get a window into the stories and insights of the most innovative and creative minds who've started movements, built thriving businesses, written best-selling books, and created insanely interesting art. For more, check out our 500-episode archive at unmistakablecreative.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
plushcare.com slash weight loss. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. As creators, we're always on the move. Whether it's a live podcast event, a pop-up shop, or a workshop, we're constantly interacting with community, and that's where Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe comes in. Imagine this. You're at a live event, a listener loves your merch, or a participant wants to sign up for your course on the spot. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, you can accept their payments right there and then, right from your iPhone so there's no extra hardware or no delays. Total game changer. It's not just for creators. Any business owner can do this. It's about making transactions smoother and much more personal, growing your business in your way. We've been using Stripe for our products and courses for a long time, and now with Tap to Pay on iPhone, you can take your business to the next level too. So visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone to learn more. Remember folks, with Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, your business is always at your fingertips. Caroline, welcome to The Unmistakable Creative. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us. I'm so excited to be here talking to you. Yeah, you know, I actually came across uh, your story because you are one of our listeners. And when you wrote in and, and told me about everything that you had done and everything that you're up to, I was very, very intrigued. It was one of those sort of strange things when I looked at your website and I kind of intuitively thought, yeah, there's something deeper here and I have to find out what it is. So uh, on that note, can you tell us uh, a bit about yourself, uh, your story, your background, and how that has led you to everything that you're up to now? Mm. So I love that you say that you connected because intuitively you connected with uh, my work. So here we go. We're on the same page here. So I am an intuitive business coach. I also consider myself an entrepreneur. I was born with a very strong entrepreneurial spirit. And all of my life, I, I followed the call of the entrepreneur. I broke all the rules, made up my own rules, created my own path. And it has led me to create several businesses, some of them that were very successful, some of them that, that you could say failed miserably slash learned my big lessons and had to learn, you know, what it takes to be an entrepreneur. What's, you know, what do you really have to bring to the plate to be successful? And I can actually go back as far as when I was 15 years old to a moment where I saw the first time that the entrepreneurial spirit woke up within me. And that was at a school that I was going to. It was a private nun school. I hated it. I absolutely hated it. I hated it so much that I was always getting into trouble, really not being the best student. Um, and one day the teachers asked us, to participate in raising money for the end of the year ball and the journal. And I remember the exact moment where I just had that idea that I knew it. I was like, I'm going to organize a fashion show. 
I'm just going to round up all of my friends and we're going to create a fashion show. We're going to charge an entrance fee and we're going to raise money this way. And I had never done that before. I was just passionate about fashion and just went about around town and knocked on doors and asked boutiques to, to share the clothes. And I put together this whole big <laughs> fashion show at this disco place in town. And it turned out to be really successful. And I ended up raising the most money in, in the school. And that moment, I realized that if I... <laughs> If I knew how to channel my passion and how to channel the inner CEO, the entrepreneurial spirit, that I would make a much better use of my time and I could even impact, you know, my community in a positive way. And I remember also a look that the, the principal um, gave me, like she so doubted my capacity to to do this and to actually succeed at this project. And I remember when I came back and I handed the check of the money we had made. And back then it was a lot of money for me. It was probably like $2,000. And I gave, you know, the head nurse, the principal, the check. And I saw in her eyes that even though she couldn't stand me <laughs> for all the trouble I had caused, that there might be something in me. It's as if she, she showed me a glimmer in, in her eyes as if she could see the potential. And that was such a turning point in my life. It, it was the moment that my entrepreneurial spirit woke up and it put me on this path. Okay. Uh, well, obviously, as you can imagine, that raises tons of questions. Um, you know, the, the first question I have is about that moment in particular and intuition. And why do you think it is that so many people don't do anything in moments of intuition like the one that you had? Well, first, I think that a lot of people don't know how to decipher intuition. I hear so many times people telling me that they listen to their intuition when in fact what they listened to was fears, or what they listened to was emotions. Something I'm really clear about when I, you know, talk to my clients or to groups of people that I coach is that I want to help them decipher what is a true intuition and what is just, you know, fearful thinking, because it's not the same. The other thing I want to say is that in a fearful state of mind, in a noisy full of thoughts, state of mind, it's very hard to hear the intuition. It's very, it's even harder to follow it because the noisy thinking mind is just so loud and so noisy and people can't hear that inner voice of truth that points to another direction. So often people will learn, and that was certainly the case for me, I have learned from not listening to my intuition. I've learned by ignoring it and paying the price, ignoring the red flags. I mean, I was just sharing that in a video I was creating yesterday that in one of my past businesses, um, I opened up um, my own boutique. I was manufacturing my own yoga wear collection. That was after a stunt in fashion design for a couple of, couple of years. So transition into that and... I find this beautiful retail space in a hip neighborhood in Montreal and I meet the landlord. And as soon as I meet him, the red flags are waving. 
But I'm kind of ignoring them because I couldn't find any other space that I could afford. And this one looked like really the ideal space for us at the ideal price. So I, I remember an exact moment sitting at the real estate agent's office with the landlord and and about to sign on the dotted line. And now my intuition is really screaming at me, like the red flags. And I can feel it within me, like ding, 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 ding. Like you're getting into something that, you know, you're, you might regret. But I didn't listen because I was too passionate. I was too anxious to go with this project. I was always ready to go, 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 get things done, you know, step on the pedal, you know, just go for it. And not slowing down long enough, not slowing down within me, within my own thinking to pay attention to the red flag. So in that moment, if I had slowed down, I may still have signed that contract for that lease. But I may have seen the red flags that would have enabled me to perhaps renegotiate, maybe even acknowledge that the character traits in that landlord was going to make it hard to deal with him in the future. Like before it even happened, my intuition showed me with the red flags. So learning from our mistakes, from ignoring intuition is often how people learn. But then the other thing that can happen is that if people don't know what they're listening to, they say things such as, well, I listened to my intuition and I paid the price. But when I dig in there a little more, I realize that what they listened to was not intuition. It was their fears or emotions. And that's where get things all mixed up. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, do you think that the only way you really learn to listen to your intuition is by uh, ignoring red flags and not listening to it? Or are there, are there other ways? No, ideally, you don't want to do that. Again, that mistake years years ago cost me $50,000 because I ended up in a fight with this landor landlord and I really wanted to get out and it cost me $50,000 to get out, right? So I paid the price. I think that if people are willing to play with it, and to strengthen their intuitive muscle, they can do just little exercises in their everyday life and just start to pay attention in their everyday life. I think at, at its core, intuition can be very organic and simple. It could be just as simple as, I'm not going to write that email right now. I'm just going to step away. I'm not going to respond to this person. I'm just going to let it go for the evening. I'm going to sleep on it. It can be very, very simple, very organic. And the more we just play with it and bring it into our everyday life, for me, I like to teach how to use it in business building so that we can save time, we can save save ourselves from costly mistakes so that we can create in a more effortless way. So yes, definitely, we don't have to do it the hard way. You know, I mean, I find in my experience, anytime I've uh, not trusted my intuition, I often find myself doing things that are completely out of alignment with uh, things that I value. Yes. Yeah. That just happened to me last week, actually. I was running a series of Facebook ads um, 
And there was something a little off about it. I knew that I wasn't completely authentic in my message. And I hit, I hit the publish button anyway, and I sent out those ads. So I got, see, talk about a concrete example. I got something like 4,000 hits on my website and zero conversions. <laughs> and then I thought, shit, my Facebook ad uh, strategy sucks. And then I thought, you know what? I had a feeling deep within me that I was not completely in alignment with my values and my message. So let me press pause on this. Let me take it offline and let me just go back and see how do I really want to talk about this. Okay. So I'm not going to let you off the hook that easily. Okay. Uh, you mentioned the idea of alignment with your values and your message. And I'm curious how people start to uncover that in their lives and their work. Wow. That's a big question. Well, you listen to the podcast. You should have expected that by now. <laughs> I know. Oh, how do people uh, ask me again? How do you find alignment with your values and your message uh, in the work that you're doing and the life that you're living? Okay, I'm going to go back to something that I said earlier. But to me, what I've come to see and learn for myself and what is very helpful for my clients is that we want to be mindful as to what is the information that we're paying attention to within ourselves? Are we caught up in un an unhelpful state of mind? Or are we willing to dig deep within ourselves, look towards our inner genius, our innate gifts? Are we... Are we willing to create the space for that creative force within us to flow? Are we willing to trust it and create from that place? So to me, I'm pointing to a place deep within ourselves. It's very different than creating from the logical mind. And I don't have any problems with, I don't want to poo-poo on the logical mind. One of my favorite quotes from Einstein is, the logical mind should be at the service of intuition. You could also say that our logical mind should be at the service of our inner genius, our creative, divine creative intelligence. And it's a different way to operate. It's a different place to look for information within us. So it's about learning, to me, to tap into that you know, what I call the inner CEO. Sometimes I call it the inner goddess, the inner genius, all the same thing. Some people are just going to call it their, their creativity, you know, that, that energy within them, that place within them where inspiration comes from. And marketing from that place is unique. It is unmistakable. It is authentic. Writing a book from that place, you know, how did you go about writing your book? Did you tap into that place within you? How, how was your process for your book? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, it was, it was largely driven by intuition. I mean, it, it, it's interesting because it was a combination of both logic and intuition. The logical component, obviously, was the fact, you know, the, the repetitive showing up every single day, uh, yep. putting in my reps, my thousand words. Um, but, you know, what showed up was almost entirely driven by intuition. And this idea that I'm just open to anything that could happen every time I approach the blank page. 
Mm, yeah. Oh, so that's beautifully said. So I see this also as, you know, showing up, showing up to life, showing up to our genius, opening up that door within and then doing doing the work, taking the action, that perfect blend of inspiration and and taking action, the structure of a book, you know, which is the logical mind that comes to play, but first allowing this inspiration to flow through. Hmm. Yeah. So that raises a question for me. Um, when I hear you say that, and you've probably heard me say the term hokey new age bullshit multiple times on this show, uh, <laughs> largely because I think it's a big problem. Yeah. And what I'm curious about based on your experience from building businesses, working with the people that you have, what is it that causes people to get trapped and addicted to that inspiration cycle without moving to the logic cycle? Oh, yeah. And that could totally be a trap. And again, that's why it's so important to find that balance. Um, You know, all kinds of reasons could be why people are falling into that trap. You know, I see over and over again, women say, you know, it's their fear of visibility, which is which is amazing to me, by the way, that I only hear women say that. I almost never hear men saying that, you know, fears of visibility, of bringing their work out into the world. For some people, it's, you know, procrastination. I think bottom line, bottom line, it's allowing your fears to take over and thinking that you need to be fearless to get anything done. Because that's not true. You could have lots of fears of something. I mean, I was certainly nervous about my conversation with you today. And I wasn't going to let that get in the way. My job is to just show up and just do my best and be in the conversation, be present. I'm not going to let my fears stop me. But I think people just get into this comfortable, this comfort zone where it's just easier to not really take action. Mm. You know, as I'm hearing you say that, I, I can't help but think that, you know, all this inspiration and psychobabble tends to give us a very false sense of productivity. So it feels good. You know, it's what uh, my friend Chris Bailey, who we had here recently called productivity porn. Uh, but he said, you know, mm. the, the interesting thing is for every hour you spend consuming stuff about productivity, you have to make it back and then some actually doing something productive. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually had an experience with that. Okay. So here's how I, I see the, spiritual principles coming to life in a practical way. So a couple of years ago, I was talking to my coach and I was, I had a lot of projects on my plate, a lot of stuff to do. I had overly booked my calendar for the entire summer and I was so overwhelmed. I was feeling so overwhelmed that I felt it in my body. It was deeply uncomfortable and it made me very uncomfortable unproductive because I was in an overwhelmed state of mind, right? So I'm talking to my coach and he pointed out to me that the overwhelm is created by my thinking. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about all these things that I need to do and it's bringing this feeling within me. It looks real, but it's not real because it's only created by my thinking. And if I could really see that, the relief would come. Now, somehow I really heard that. And somehow I really saw that for days and days and days, I had had so much thinking as to everything that I needed to do to start up that business that it turned into overwhelm and palpable overwhelm, right? It was in my body. It was burning. Somehow I saw that. And in that moment, that insightful moment of seeing that I detached from my thinking, 
I dropped into this space of grounding, of feeling deeply connected to, to me, to my body. And the overwhelm immediately went away. Now, what happened was everything that was on my calendar for two months, I did in two weeks. So the productivity came not in applying productive principles so that I can be more productive because on an, in an overwhelmed state of mind, it's not going to work. In a fearful state of mind, anxious state of mind, you're just adding fuel to the fire. It's not going to work. First, you need an insight. You need that space to open up within you. And then with a totally clear state of mind, I just fucking nailed it. I just got all of my shit done. And, and then I turned around two weeks later and I was like, holy, all right. This is, this is how I can get in alignment with myself to be super productive. So that has been my experience of how to have levels of really high performance. And to me, it has started with understanding state of mind. Hmm. So speaking of state of mind, um, you know, one of the things you said earlier in our conversation was that you had this principle that doubted you, uh, and question whether you were, you know, going to amount to anything. And I think we all have people like that in our lives, you know, the sense that these are people we want to prove wrong in some way, you know, bosses, ex-girlfriends, boyfriends, whatever it might be. <laughs> yeah. um, but what I'm really interested in more than wanting to prove those people wrong is how you develop the capacity to persist at something in spite of the doubt that these people might infuse into your life. Yeah. You know, that's, that's another great question. I think for me, it's been that the calling is stronger than anything else. It's just stronger. The entrepreneurial spirit, the need to, you know, get my work out into the world, to be creative, to do what I want to do and to do it my way. It's just been stronger. And, you know, to be totally honest, I think that it did motivate me to, um, to prove them wrong. I remember another moment sitting at my parents' house and my aunt was sitting next to me. And that was when I started my first business, uh, which was fashion design. I was designing high-end ready-to-wear. And I was just at the beginning. I was just, you know, sketching and shopping for the fabric. I was just at the be total beginning. And my aunt looked at me like it was never going to happen. And that look, I have to say, probably triggered something within me that was helpful, that helped me tap into that energy. And I was like, you know what? I'll show you. And my calling is stronger than this. Why do you think that certain people let moments like that become ones of power and others let those become moments of weakness. I would say that they give more power to their fears than their inner strength. That they use it as an excuse. They use it as sabotage. Unfortunately. Let's do this. Let's shift gears a little bit. Um, you've talked about 
the businesses that you've started uh, specifically in design. So I want to go in a few different directions with this. The first thing I want to ask you about is how the, the perspective that you brought from making things with your hands and designing things has impacted the way you do your work, the way you design businesses and the way you design your life. Mm. Yeah, well, to me, it's all about creating a beautiful experience to create this space where my clients are just going to feel taken care of and loved and that the whole experience of working with me is seamless. I mean, I'm working this year on creating my first exotic retreat and I know that it's going to be luxurious and there's going to be these you know, beautiful, healthy foods that we're going to eat and delicious wines. And it's all about the experience. Uh, to me, I've always been really attracted to, to beauty, to luxury, to the beautiful texture of a tweed that comes from Paris, to the beautiful engineering that comes with a car such as a Tesla. You know, I just appreciate things of beauty and I strive to bring this in my business as much as possible. I think that I'm nowhere near showing it in my brand the way that I want to. I think it's going to come more and more as I grow my team and I have more people helping me. But it's about just creating an experience that people can just slip into and come into my world. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. As creators, we're always on the move. Whether it's a live podcast event, a pop-up shop, or a workshop, we're constantly interacting with community, and that's where Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe comes in. Imagine this, you're at a live event, a listener loves your merch, or a participant wants to sign up for your course on the spot. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, you can accept their payments right there and then, right from your iPhone so there's no extra hardware or no delays. Total game changer. It's not just for creators. Any business owner can do this. It's about making transactions smoother and much more personal, growing your business in your way. We've been using Stripe for our products and courses for a long time, and now with Tap to Pay on iPhone, you can take your business to the next level too. So visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone to learn more. Remember folks, with tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe, your business is always at your fingertips. That ability to create those kinds of experiences. Um, obviously, as you can imagine, since you've seen our website, I feel tremendously passionate about doing that in just about everything that I touch. But... When I look back at it, I realize it's not something I was capable of when I started. It's something that's developed over time. And I'm really, really interested in how people can start to develop that in their lives and in their work. Well, I'm wondering if it's not a question of having that ability in the first place. I mean, I think that you can learn as much as you can to develop a quality. I would be curious to see if ultimately within you, you don't have that capacity to just to sense it, to sense the direction that you want to take in the branding and the look of things. I think that this is probably one of your qualities and you've learned to to master it over time as we all have to master uh, uh, and get better at our craft. Mm-hmm. Um, if someone, if that's not part of someone's inner strength, then it's a good time to be really clear and honest and say, you know what, maybe I think I need to delegate the branding aspect. I mean, we certainly see it online, right? Some people taking care of their own branding, their own websites, and they could really use some some professional help. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it goes back to one of the questions that you ask in in, in your interviews, you know, what makes someone unmistakable? And I would say that it's the capacity for them to tap into their true essence, to to unleash that genius, to embody the qualities of their inner genius and to take action on that. And I don't think we're genius on, on everything. We all have our own unique genius qualities. And it's interesting because as I'm talking to you, I just had an insight Uh, something I was thinking about this week and I shared with my coach that I felt that 
I was called to come into even greater alignment with who I really am so that I can really step it up in my business this year. And I think it goes back to embodying um, what I'm really good at, what I'm a real genius at, and to, and to increase that, focus on that, that essence, that unique essence that we have. Mm. Mm. So that actually raises uh, a question that I've asked a handful of people about innate gifts, talent, and intelligence, and this idea of the inevitability of success. Uh, Do you think that everybody has this thing, this sort of inner genius that manifests in some sort of external way that the world can't help but pay attention to? Yes, and it's going to look different for everyone because some people will not have the ambition to bring it out into the world in a big way. I'll give you like a really clear example. Um, I live in the country outside of Montreal and at least two or three times every summer, some guys are going to come and knock on my door. And these are entrepreneurs that have, you can see, you can tell that they really, they don't have any education. What they do is they can take care of your land. They can cut down your trees, right? So these guys come over and they knock on my door and they just propose that they can do some, some type of work for me. Now, their genius is to cut down the trees on my land so that the nature can breathe better. Now, you're not going to see these guys on the cover of, you know, the newspaper, or you might not hear much about them, but that's their genius. That's what they do. That's what's, it's what comes naturally to them. And again, the fact that they can just show up, knock on my door and say, hey, you know, they can just create money just like that, just because they're just showing up, knocking on my door. To me, that's admirable, even though it doesn't look like, you know, big, huge masterpieces and, and best-selling books. So I think everybody will have their own kind of genius. Sometimes it could be to just be the best mother to your kids, having an impact in a smaller impact in your community, you know, working with animals. And sometimes it's going to look like having a big, huge bestseller. It's all, all needed, all equally good, all equally valuable to me. Uh, well, I, I really appreciate that perspective. I don't think anybody's ever quite put it like that for me before. Um, you know, one of the things you mentioned earlier is that you've experienced a series of both successes and failures, and I'd like you to uh, expand on those, specifically the failures, because I think we learned so much from our failures. Uh, you know, what were they? What did you learn from them, and how have you applied them going forward? Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, the first business that I started was the fashion design business, and I actually had no idea what I was doing because I was not a fashion designer. <laughs> I was just really passionate about fashion, and I put it into my head that um, I can just I can pull this off. So I surrounded myself with a team, and prior to that, I had I had actually worked as a cartoon artist for television for seven years. And I had saved up a whole bunch of money and I knew that I was going to launch into this fashion business. So I probably saved money for, you know, about a year. And, and I just launched myself into this fashion business, not knowing the ropes at all, which is probably why I did it, because I had no idea what I was getting into. 
And I just jumped in and I started designing these collections and doing fashion week and ended up on the cover of Elle magazine and fashion magazine. And my clothes made it on, again, on the cover, cover of these magazines, but I didn't even have the proper structure for production in order to manufacture properly and to actually uh, get these clothes into the stores. Interestingly enough, back, back in those days, and that was um, probably 2003, Fashion was, uh, the fashion capital of Canada was Montreal. It was really happening. It was a lot of fashion designers coming out of Quebec, but succeeding in our own province was almost impossible. Nobody was buying our clothes. They were buying like big, huge collections. And so I found myself investing all of this money, doing the fashion week, getting all the publicity and clients writing to me from all across the country, but nobody carrying my clothes. Now, that's really expensive because in fashion, you actually have to create almost a year and a half ahead of time. And you don't get paid until 60 days after your collection has been delivered into the stores, right? So after three cycles in that fashion business, I realized that in order to make it, well, first of all, I was running out of money because I had invested all, I mean, Fashion Week is expensive and manufacturing or even my samples for the ready-to-wear collection and paying my employees was, I mean, I went through all of my savings. And then I realized that in order to be in that business for the long run, that I would need to bring in investors and I knew that I wasn't willing to go to venture capitalists, that I wasn't ready for that. I wasn't actually willing to play that game. So I pulled a plug on it. And actually what happened is that one day after delivering one of my collection to a boutique in Old Montreal, and I had made an agreement that she was going to pay me cash on delivery, right? And turns out that she didn't respect the terms. She signed me two post-dated checks and it just infuriated me. Like I could tell that this was not going to uh, be a good cash flow situation for my business. So that entire day, I remember driving around in my car thinking to myself, there has to be a better way. There has to be a better way. There's just there's something I'm missing here. There has to be a better way. I repeated that all day. And I woke up the next morning and I saw how I was going to shift that business. It popped into my head. Talk about inspiration coming out of the blue. I was just waking up, right? And I saw yoga à porter. So ready to wear in French is prêt à porter. So I, I played with that and I called it yoga à porter because another one of my passion was yoga. So blended fashion with yoga and that completely shifted my business into the next business that I started. So was it a failure in terms of cash? Yes, it was very costly. Um, <laughs> I don't think I've ever recouped that money. But it enabled me to position myself into that new business where I opened up two retail stores. I opened up a yoga studio. I started manufacturing my own ready-to-wear yoga collection, which that really took off really quickly. So from the failures, from the mistake, I just turned around really quickly. I wasn't going to have any of that bullshit anymore. And then started those businesses. And it did really, really well for about three to five years until we started to feel the shift of the economy. Um, so for you guys, you got hit stronger than us in, in Canada. It took about two years for us to feel it in the retail industry in Canada. 
But when we started to feel it, I knew that I was going to, again, have to reinvent my business. And that's about that, that time that I shifted gears and I had been getting a lot of coaching uh, to help me with those tumultuous times because it was really hard. And I realized that I really loved the coaching. I was also taking a coaching certification to be a better boss, to inspire my employees to be better at their jobs. And then I kind of saw that in my future, you know what, this could be how, again, I reinvent myself and I take my entrepreneurial experience into a business model that completely frees me from the structure of the retail business. And that's when I shifted and took it online. So, you know, it seems to me like one of the the ongoing themes of your story is reinvention. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. And you know what? I think that that's the quality that entrepreneurs need to have. Not necessarily reinvention, but the capacity to very quickly change direction. I remember talking to uh, one of the guys that I considered my mentor back when I had my stores in Montreal. And he um, he's actually the creator of the yoga jeans. He had been in the jeans business forever. Super interesting guy invented the yoga jeans. So they're real jeans, but they're so stretched that you could do yoga with with them. And I was selling those jeans like crazy. And I often hopped on the phone with that guy to talk business. He was way ahead of me. His business was totally exploding. And I remember one day asking him, do you feel that, you know, you have the wind in your sails now? And he said, oh, definitely. You know, the sailboat is just going. The wind has picked up. The alignment is there. Like we're like exploding in our business. And he told me, he said, listen, I know that you're not there. You're still just a little speedboat. But here's what the advantage is when you're a small business owner and you're, you got the entrepreneurial spirit is that you have the capacity to change direction very quickly. So if something doesn't work out, you want to have the capacity to see from a clear state of mind. You want to be detached. I can't keep going in that direction. It's not going to work. It's not going to help me reach my goal. And to be able to shift gears. And that's, that's, the, that's the quality that you want to have as, a, as an entrepreneur. So it, it looks like reinvention to me or for me. But underneath that is the capacity to quickly change gears so that I don't get stuck and I can move on and grab the next opportunity. How has the experiences that you've had uh, building all these businesses um, affected your relationship with money and wealth? Mm. <laughs> so I don't have a big attachment to money in, in the sense that the money that I've lost, I've made uh, a million fold. Can I, could I be more educated about money? Yes, 2016 for me is actually about really upping my game with money. My capacity to not be attached with money and my capacity to know that within me, I have the resources to create money is how I'm able to to succeed and to have a great business at this time. Can I get better at this game? Yes. I mean, I'm watching Shark Tank and Dragon's Den, one of my favorite shows. 
And I'm like, man, those guys, they know about money. They know about the big money. See, I don't know about that money game. The billion dollar game, I don't know about it. But I want to know about it. Because I see making money as a way for me to have a bigger impact in the world. And this year for me is also, I want to take my business uh, or part of my business in a brand new direction. I want to give back to my community. I want to work with women entrepreneurs in Africa and teach them how to awaken their inner CEO so that they can be confident that they can build a business that will bring money. That's that's going to be um, my way of giving back. You know, everybody's talking about, you know, pencils of promises and building schools, which is amazing. But how about educating those women that have the entrepreneurial spirit but don't have the means to hire me as a coach or to be part of a high-level mastermind, right, and giving back to them? So the more my business can make money, the more I can educate myself and empower myself, the more I can take a large portion of my time and invest in their success. And I'm so excited about that next phase of my business. So I want to finish with um, one final area, which is really kind of what got my attention about your work. And it was this idea of awakening your inner CEO. Uh, I'd like to do a deep dive into that, um, define it for people, and then talk about how would they awaken their inner CEO? What's involved? Well, I have a, be- uh, have a better idea. Would you like to do like a quick exercise so that I can take you and your listeners um, so that they can experience this firsthand? Sure. All right. So close your eyes. And just taking a moment to breathe deeply. As you're breathing deeply, you might feel a sense of your body relaxing. And just taking a very short moment to become fully present, to be here now. And you can use your breath to imagine that you can travel deep inside of yourself. I want you to imagine that you can bring your consciousness, your attention away from your head, away from the thinking mind and dropping your attention, your consciousness deep within yourself. And if there's any thoughts that are knocking on the door of your consciousness, trying to disturb you, you can just allow it to float away. Not doing anything about these thoughts. We're just ignoring them. We're breathing deeply and we're becoming fully present. And for some people, they will feel called to drop their attention at the level of the heart center. You might feel the heart opening. 
welcoming you into a space of unconditional love. peacefulness, serenity. And for others, you might feel called to go even deeper within yourself. Whatever space you're dropping into, know that this is the perfect space. And feeling how all of the energy about you has become more quiet and clear. And from that place of clarity that place of inner knowing, I want you to ask your inner CEO, what is one quality that you need to embody at this time in order to create more effortlessly in your life or in your business? Just one quality the essence. And just opening up to receive whatever you are seeing or feeling or sensing. Some people will hear a word. Some people will just feel the energy of the quality. Some people will just know it. Trusting that, not trying to analyze why, not trying to figure out why, just receiving. And Asking for another quality. What else? What other quality do you need to embody in order to be the CEO of your life, of your business, of your project? And trusting that. creating the space for those qualities, imagine that you're really embodying them, that you're radiating that energy. And then I want you to imagine if you were to operate from this deep level of wisdom, how would this impact the book that you're launching how would this impact your relationships? How would this impact your productivity? 
And when you're ready, you can open your eyes and come back to this time and space. How does that feel? Interesting. Um, <clears throat> you know, when you, when you talk about sort of how I'd approach some of the work that I do, I mean, my natural instinct, as you might imagine, was to go straight to surfing. Um, and I was thinking about uh, this place called Witch's Rock in Costa Rica, where you get these really big barreling waves, and sometimes it's terrifying, but on the day that I happened to surf it, it was manageable. And um, the feeling that I get after riding one of those waves was the sense that I felt that I should bring to everything that I do with my work. Uh, and <clears throat> it goes from being you know, this thing where it's from a place of force to a place of, of sort of fluency and flow, um, mm. just a lot almost like you don't like action and awareness merge if that makes any sense absolutely yeah and the image is so clear the image of surfing it's meaningful to you people who did this exercise today will get their own personal intuitive images that will come and it will mean something to you that image is filled with meaning and the qualities in there you described as flow and finding that space of flow and action and there you have it. It's as simple as that. That's how you embody your inner CEO. You consult with it. You, you ask it for what it can suggest as to what is the best course of action for you. Often, you won't even be surprised. It's going to feel natural to you. And that's how simple it is. That genius, that inner CEO, that place within us, it's always there. We just stop listening to it because we buy into all kinds of thinking, right? So the challenge or the invitation is what are you paying attention to? And can you pay attention to that wisdom? Very simple. Well, uh, this has been really interesting. So as you might imagine, I have one last question for you. Okay. What do you think it is that makes somebody or something unmistakable? Okay, so I touched upon that a little earlier, but I'm going to say something else. And I'm going to give you as an example, because uh, that's what popped into my mind earlier, the, the art on your website and who you are. And it's presence. You know, I told you earlier that I think that your gift is the way that you show up and this presence that you're bringing that is creating the space for deep, meaningful conversation. And that is the true essence of who you are. And that is unmistakable. Hey, Caroline, I think I lost you. Oh, did you? Hello. Hi. Okay, you know what? Answer the question again. I'll go back and edit this. Okay. So I'm going to give you, uh, give actually give you as an example, because as I told you earlier, I, I was saying that I think that what you bring to these conversations is the true essence of who you are. And that true essence is your capacity for deep listening, this openness that you bring that creates the space for your guests to be fully trusting and to dive deep in these conversations with you. So that true essence of who you are that you bring to these conversations, that to me is unmistakable. 
Well, um, this has been really, really interesting and, and different than I thought it was going to be. Uh, and uh, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to join us and share your insights and your story with our listeners. Oh, it was my pleasure. And you're uh, such a great sport to jump in and do this exercise with, with me. <laughs> and for everybody listening, we will wrap the show with that. Next time on The Unmistakable Creative. You know, there's probably something else that you can, can do or teach or share some deeper message. And let's figure out what that is. And let's put out the, the, the agenda, right? The agenda is like consensus is overrated. Um, here, is, here is what I believe in. Come and join me if you agree with this or you like these values. Like, we, we need you. So, so I think that's really important. Message and agenda and curation, I guess, is the expression of that. Curation is how, like, how do we, sh- how do we share that? What are the strategies? What are the, the mediums? Like, you know, and who are the, the speakers? Who are the voices? Uh, how, how are we going to get this message or agenda out to the world? And then magic is the part that's, you can't really control it. Like there's no magic button, unfortunately. I mean, Staples maybe has that, you know, you press the thing. But um, magic is like this element where if you do everything right and you do allow for enough, you know, organic change to influence the process as well, I guess you're always hoping that the magic is going to come in. And sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. But when it does, it makes whatever it is that you are creating so much better. Chris Gelbo joins us to talk about the psychology of creating movements, the mindset required for massive goals, and his new book, Born for This. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? 
We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch, the skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here, like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this, AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy.